Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Glad to be back with you guys. Happy Friday to all of you. We are actually podcasting in a rainstorm. I mean, the, the, the studio's covered, but if you hear like <laughs> we're not terrible outdoors. lightning, yes. it's because we just watched this storm roll in as we're about to record. So I don't know, we may lose power halfway through. It could be fun, but there's a lot going on for us right now. There is. Good news, everybody. The Ferrari 296 GTB has been announced. I was waiting. I, I mean, I wasn't, but okay, it's cool. I actually had a thought for Ferrari. Okay. It's the same thought I've had for Porsche lightweight, small, fun, Would who nice. cares kind of car mm-hmm. and democratize the Ferrari goodness for the rest of us because they already democratize shot glasses, shoes. That's all they care about. Baby food, silverware, if bed sheets. You, if you want Ferrari for the people, you go buy a keychain. Yes. They don't want you in one of their cars. I just don't think it dilutes the brand whatsoever. Well, I think it's yeah. interesting. And if they had a a sports car that cost 80 or 120000 mm-hmm. somewhere in that yeah. range that was really interesting and lightweight and they... Shared it. What if Ferrari made a Boxster Fighter? Yes. Seventy thousand dollar convertible, small. Be awesome. Be awesome. It would They're only never gonna improve do it. that fight between the Boxster. It would improve that car. Yes. Because Porsche would be put on notice, yeah. and then it would make the Ferrari better. And what a great. They're comparison. never gonna do it. They want you to buy a Ferrari teddy bear, but they really, really don't want the average person to buy a Ferrari car. But at least that car exists now. Not a V eight. It's not. Which is crazy. But it has even more power than ever before. 819 horsepower that I don't know what you go do with. You don't. Unless you can put it down. Mm -hmm. What good is it unless you start lightweighting things and getting lighter? It's a turbocharged hybrid, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. And that is a step into the pool for Ferrari. That's an acknowledgement of the future. Well, yeah, because it's the first time they're doing hybrid and they're taking the engine smaller away from V8s or V12s. I mean, impressive now the V6. Oh, very, very engineering. Cool. And great looking. Their stuff looks so good right now, too. Because uh, it's always sitting. Well, That's okay, what Ferraris do. They just sit. I guess so. It, it looks gorgeous. Meanwhile, uh, back to things that somewhat relate to what we actually do price-wise. Uh, well, kind of. First off, we have our writer, Eric, who was in the new Mercedes S-Class. If you haven't read that article, great article from him on our website. He was in that, which is closer to normal money. And then step closer, <laughs> even closer from there, is Nate Kuhn. Who, you know him from the Cycle Report. He's been a guest on this podcast. He's a longtime, not only friend and fan of the show, but also part of what we do. He was at the Toyota launch where they first showed people the Toyota GR86 and he had a ride along and honestly we posted his ride along it was one of those things where he made a video with no time mm-hmm. he had two GoPros right. he stuck one on the outside of the car one on the inside of the car right. and he just said I don't know what this is even going to be he got a lap of the car yeah but because yeah. he drives an FRS that he tracks and autocrosses and has done everything you can imagine to it he had a very different line of questioning than most people for that ride along I think he has one of the best ones we posted that on the test drive channel many of you have seen that if you haven't yet as far as a piece where nobody has driven it yet, journalist-wise, I think it is one of the most interesting I've seen. So go watch Nate's piece there. That's really, really cool. And guess what happened on YouTube? Hmm. We just passed 350,000 subscribers on That's our original right. channel. Pretty That's cool. right. Excellent. Thank you guys for all your listenership and watching the mm-hmm. videos and 
that's just, it's huge news for us. We're thrilled by that. And the test drive channel is actually growing. It's almost as of this recording, touching 10,000 subscribers yeah, on yeah, the test sure. drive. And we're continuing to get a lot of press cars from the manufacturers who are helping us out, giving us cars, and we're putting the single car reviews on test drive. Yep. You can find either channel by going to everydaydriver.com and choosing YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you the option right there to go to either. The Cheap Sports Car Challenge continues for yes, sure. We have a lot planned. We've just been getting through season nine, mm-hmm. and we finally finished all of our filming it's now an edit it and is. we're thrilled to share that starting july 3rd 2021 on the motor trend cable channel at 7 30 eastern we know it's early on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the west coast but thank you guys for all your support those those episodes will be coming sooner to amazon and youtube than they usually have we're almost kind of caught up with the rotation getting everything out on, yeah, the, for on sure. those channels and also it dawns on me we're on friday when you're listening to this podcast, thank you for those of you that are caught up and listening on the day it drops. That means you're listening on the same day that F9 comes out. That's right. The Fast and Furious 9 movie is out. And I bring that up because right now on Blipshift, we have Not Fast But Furious. That is a, a fun joke shirt that looks like the Fast and Furious logo, but it stars the original first-gen FRS, so it's the original 86 Toyota. That is available right now in gray with a great-looking red car. It's actually modeled after Nate Kuhn's car. That is really fun. And currently on Blipshift, also on Blipshift right now, is our cheap sports car shirts. If mm-hmm. you'd like one for my... Uh, Z4 or possibly even Paul's SLK. Those are possibly. Well, you know, I'm just saying. I like my Z4 of the two. I know. But, but what's also weird is the fact that we have a shirt swap, uh, shirt color swap here. Yes, we do. Your co- color happens to be red, and mine happens to be blue. That that's going to confuse everyone. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's going to be in an upcoming video that mm-hmm. hasn't been released yet. But yes. uh, it's the track day when we take our cheap sports cars to the track. It's crazy. And I will just say they did better than a Lamborghini. They did. There's reasons for that. But yes. Summertime's here, and that means it is car wash season. And my friend Paul tells me I'm always supposed to wash a car in a cool, shady spot. I don't always do that well. But I do use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer, or actually I use the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You have to use this. It's awesome. If you're a person like me who's not good at this, it makes it far easier. You create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway with little to no work, which I really like. You avoid wash-induced scratches. It is the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's also has a full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash and Coat, and 3-in-1 Wax. All Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Joshua S. in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. writes to us asking for help finding the non-stereotypical dentist car. Okay. <laughs> He's been infected with the car disease since he was a little kid. He says at three years old, his dad used to bribe him to come golfing by letting him drive the cart. That is A three-year-old funny. driving a cart. That's going to end well. It's going to end really well. Three years old. Mm-hmm. Driving the golf. I would imagine that was the sit on my lap and help me drive thing. But I'm sure it was. But Mm -hmm. do you remember seeing videos of golf carts upside down in the pond? Oh yeah, three year old in a golf cart. Well, people launching them off the sand traps just to see what that'll do. I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll fall over. That's what they do. Hold my golf clubs. Yeah, look out. Well, Joshua says cars have been his obsession ever since. He says he consumes all the automotive content that he can. He loves to talk about cars from engine and chassis codes to state-of-the-art engineering and manufacturer strategy. We, we kind of like doing that, yeah, too. We, yeah. y- you found your home. 
He says, even though he loves cars, he's focused most of his time on his career, eight years of college and five years building a practice. He is about to complete his fifth year as a dentist and is looking to celebrate by adding a car to the stable. Okay. I like it. I like it. By the way, what do you think of the hangover movies? You know, I'm just curious with all that. That was a shift. because, you know, the, the dentist through line through all of the hangover <laughs> movies, it's endlessly entertaining. Okay, fair point. All right. He currently owns two cars, a 99 Lexus LX470, which he dailies. He's had it almost five years. It's got over 180,000 miles. It'll go for 1.8 million more. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. May or may not have to change the oil. He says it's had no issues other than normal maintenance, no rust in Arizona. He had an updated head unit with Apple CarPlay. He says, modernizes the driving experience. I'm he sure loves it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second car is a year 2000 Porsche Carrera Coupe. Mm. It's a 996.1 manual transmission in guards red. He loves Porsche, but he also bought his first house with a garage, allowing him to get his knuckles greasy, learning how to wrench. I like that. He's setting the car, the car up for back roads and a few track days per year with new wheels, Michelin PS4S, coilovers. And his fiance has a 2019 Volvo XC40, which they Excellent. use for road trips, Those normal so daily cool. travel. They're perfect for that. Yeah, they really are. And they're out in Scottsdale, where it snows once every ten years and is <laughs> sunny 299 days out of the year. Does it really even snow once every ten years? I, I think say. that's being generous. But where it snows, just never. But okay, yeah. So that's happening. So he he knows that he's going to have a good weather car no matter what. But he doesn't have a convertible in his life. And I do think it's also very funny that Joshua is looking for a non-stereotypical dentist car and currently already owns a 911. <laughs> the only reason that's not a stereotypical dentist car is you didn't get it in silver or black. Right. If you got right. it in silver or black, you really would have checked the box completely. But what you really are looking for, <laughs> let's be honest, is a convertible. You want something that can be a convertible that you can enjoy the outdoors in. And you also make the comment where you said, it can be a manual, but it can also be a really good automatic because your 996 is your good manual car. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so while you'd like another manual, it doesn't need to be. So there's that. You used to have an E46 with the, that was a convertible. So that's made you realize, I'd like one again. But you owned a few BMWs, and they all had the same problem, and that was um, quite unreliable in the electrics. So you've also owned a few Lexus, and uh, guess what? Those were reliable. So you'd like to find somewhere in the middle... And you're also hoping that this new thing is a grand touring car. Because mm-hmm. you said the 996, mm-hmm. you're setting up, you already said it, you're setting it up for like back roads. It's going to be your more focused driving experience. So this one is, let's do a long drive. Let's take a road trip. Let's, oh, look, this happens to be a nice back road. At least this car can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, he says his car history includes uh, other BMWs, X5, oh, a Lexus RX 300 all-wheel drive. He had a 99 Mercedes-Benz E320. Enjoyed the dynamics of a rear-wheel drive. Transmission failed. <laughs> he had another Lexus GS350 from 2013 and the current LX470. So he's looking. He's got this list, and he's got this budget that I'm going to, I think, double. Whoa. Well, I think double. I do also think it's interesting that he has a 911, and he at one point had a Cayman. He had a 987.1 Cayman. And he traded that for the 911 because he thought, I really ought to have a 911. Because, again, dentist box. So he did that. So... <laughs> He's also thinking that this new thing, it would be nice if it were newer technology because everything he has is a bit older, all of his his cars. Now, his wife's car is current, which makes him go, wouldn't it be nice to have a little more technology? And it'd be nice if it was beautiful. And he has said his budget is around 45000 and you've already said you're going to double it? It's because I want him to have a C8 Corvette convertible. Oh. It's because that is the non-stereotypical okay. modern. It's got modern tech. Yeah. It's going to run. Yeah. It's excellent to drive. Mm. We've had... 
uh, let's see, three in 2020 that we yeah, drove and yeah. put as various parts of TV episodes. Mm-hmm. The convertible that we had was outstanding. It was very good. I actually prefer that car and convertible. It was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I know $45,000. You say your current contenders are an yeah, uh, M4, F83, M4, Cabriolet. Sure, okay. You've got a C7 Corvette on here mm-hmm. in manual transmission, which he says, new experience, American Pushrod V8, Aston Mar- Martin Vantage V8 Roadster, mm-hmm. the Porsche 981 Boxster S, yes, BMW uh, M6, and the 997.1 Carrera Cabriolet. He says the budget contenders are a C6 Corvette Coupe, the E92 M3 cab, mm-hmm. which is the E93 actually, but the E85 BMW Z4 M Roadster in manual transmission. So as well. my car, but better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wider, Moving faster, on. all that mm-hmm. stuff. He is also excluding the Miata. He's six foot two, two hundred ten pounds, so he needs a car big enough for him to fit. He doesn't fit in the Miata. I think you would actually, but I understand that it, it's tight in there. It, yeah, it's a sure. metaphorical. I don't fit. I, uh, possibly, I yeah. It. You're you're at the upper limit of that car for sure. Yeah, and the F type Jaguar F type. Too much of a reliability gamble. And I love all these choices. I just think for ten minutes you'll love it. Hmm. For all of them, I think hmm. you'll be like, yeah, this is my next. Okay, what's my next? Interesting. I really do, unless you stretch. The one car that I do have for you, though, is the Alfa Romeo 4C Spider for $45,000. Yeah, that's a great one. Get a $45,000, okay, maybe 50. You might Mm -hmm. have to push Mm -hmm. a little bit, a tiny bit. But that car, for what your criteria is, for what you want, for what you're doing, that is non-typical. It sounds like half a Ferrari. Yeah. It sounds great. And for the driving that you want to do, it is excellent. I, I would agree with that. It's when yes. you start to mm-hmm. really push track days, serious, mm-hmm. hardcore yeah, yeah. kinds of driving, it's not set up properly for that. There's other better cars for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so glorious, and especially the Spider, mm-hmm. it's so really nice when you start to get into it. You're at seven, yeah. eight tenths. Yeah, I love that car for everything. Nice. No, you, you've, you've landed on a great one there. I'm really glad you brought it up. That's very good. But how can I sell you a new C8 Corvette? Mm. How can I convince you? Because that is the, hey, I've got the practice. I've yeah, arrived. Yeah. And take your patience in your car. Whoa. Okay. Share them. I mean, not everybody. It's like... <laughs> We're paying our dentist too much. A, a cleaning anyway. and a ride. <laughs> we'll get you a, a crown and a C8 or something. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, because people will see it and ask and be open about it. Like, look, yeah. this is... You know, I stretched to get into this car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted that driving experience. And, and tell them, here's what I'm looking for. And all right, I stretched and now I'm paying it off. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. used to debt already, right? So what's it? A little bit more. <laughs> the just American saying. dream. Just Moving saying. on, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. primarily kidding. But I would love for you to have that C8 convertible because the other two, C7 and C6, I think you're going to be like, sweet. <sighs> mm. Okay. All Unless right. you go back to a C4 ZR1 or something really random and suddenly it gets, oh, well, that's an interesting, weird choice. It's sure. not convertible, but still. And, you know and it mean. doesn't check the box where he'd like to be a bit more modern, but the 4C right. would. I see that. The yeah. 4C, though, that is yeah. the sweet spot, I think, for you. That's good, especially considering that the 4C Spider is one of my wild cards. So is it really? I applaud you on it. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's the Spider. I, yeah, I think <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. I want to go through some of the ones he mentioned because when I was reading your email, Josh, but I thought of two cars that I thought these are the cars you should look at. These are the, the only two you should look at. One you have on your list and one you don't, and I want to break it down. The two that I thought of were, oh, well, Joshua should look at an Aston Martin Vantage and a Jaguar F-Type. Sure, sure. Those are absolutely, either one of those are going to be great when you're doing cross-country stuff, and then when you get the opportunity to be on a back road, you're still going to like it. They come in convertibles. They're gorgeous. They're modern. All of those things. 
here's the question I have. You said you um you won't consider a Jaguar F type because you're worried about the reliability, mm-hmm. but you will consider an Aston Martin. <laughs> Strange, I, mean, I know. I mean, I, look, look, I don't, I don't need. Okay, first off, let's put this baseline here. Neither of those are a Lexus product. <laughs> Neither of those are going to run like your Lexus, and both of them are going to require maintenance. But I don't believe that the F type will be worse than the Aston Martin Vantage. Okay, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So I yeah, really yeah. think you should drive both and seriously consider both. And then I'm going to tell you that thing that we said when we drove our, our cheap old sedans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you buy a car, in the case of the Aston Martin Vantage, it was over $100,000, and you buy it for your budget of forty five, which you can probably do. You can probably find a really nice convertible Aston Martin Vantage for around your budget, and I think it would be a car you would love, genuinely think you'd love it. When you maintain a car that used to be $100,000, you're maintaining a $100,000 car. Yeah, they will be more expensive yeah. than what you're used to, and they won't be a Lexus product. So they will need stuff. So the Vantage sure. and the Jaguar F-Type are by far my top two for you. I do think your C7 Corvette is a great choice. Get a convertible Grand Sport if you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But if you can get just a convertible with the Z51. What's interesting about a lot of these cars is that the convertibles typically drop faster than the coupes. So I think that's going to help you in budgetary kind cases. Of for almost any For car. almost anything. Agreed. The one that is out of your budget that I would have said this is your car is the Lexus LC500. But the coupes are out of your budget, let alone the convertibles that have been out for five minutes. So that car is out. I think your Z4M is a very interesting choice. I have one wild card beyond the Alpha 4C Spider, which I really think is a really strong I, contender. I think, I think it's one. a really strong contender. Because back to your point, Paul, the thing about the 4C is... Having it as a car you just enjoy mm-hmm. is where that car belongs. And in convertible, it, it just plays to that. It's like, let's just drive it for fun. So I think that's really good. But you could spend less than your budget, maybe half your budget, two-thirds of your budget, and get yourself a Honda S2000. Get the latest one you can. Now, it's not the most modern car out there. Uh-huh. I will admit that. Yeah, yeah. See if you can get one that is an AP2. That is the 04s and up. But I would see if you can get one like a an 09. Are you get saying get one. one because it sounds like a dentist drill? Or? <laughs> I'm what? not saying it for that reason. No, I'm <laughs> saying it because noise, what you're looking it. for is something fun, interesting, reliable, convertible. You don't necessarily need to drive it as hard as possible. The Honda S2000 is a definitive convertible experience. You haven't had anything sure, like it. Sure. It is a high-revving motor. It is, you're a guy that you like the, the, the mechanical engineering aspect of cars, one of the best six speeds ever. That car's just done right. And while it's a little older than the other stuff we've talked about, you could get a great S2000 for less than your budget. If this is a car to be a convertible and enjoy, I just thought that's a really unique, definitive convertible experience. So that's why that's another wild card for me. While you've been chatting, I have been looking up on autotempest.com slash every day and mm-hmm. use that URL when you're searching around so they'll know what sent you. I found a 2015 4C Spider Joshua for forty nine 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 five. Whoa. So 50 grand. Excellent. Talk them a thousand off of that. Unfortunately, it's white. I that don't is unfortunate. love white. Yeah. But nevertheless, but okay. keep searching. Still cool, yeah. But it's 16,000 miles, so these cars just haven't been driven. No, they, the next no, one is nobody's driving them a lot. same price, 37,000 miles, 44 is the highest I see here. Is there here. a color one on that page? No, they're all white, which wow, just that's too bad. really <clears throat> frosts my chestnuts. But, but anyway. When we first drove it in spider form, we drove it on Pacific Coast Highway mm-hmm. in yellow. It was 
It was and, really great. And it was the second time we'd driven the car because we'd had it for Midages Mountains and liked it. And that was a white one. Yeah. We liked it, but we didn't like it as much as we hoped to. And then we happened to drive it for like two hours. We had two hours total. We did an early test drive of it. We call, we're calling them fast blasts. We did that really, really fast in two hours on Pacific Coast Highway. Convertible, spider, yellow, brilliant. It was more like pudding. It wasn't so butter yellow or canary yellow. It was more like meringue or coconut cream pie. <laughs> it was still great. S- like smash banana and, left and out I, in the sun. Wow, that started of. to go a little brown. But the, but the thing about it is I remember driving that car, and I think I said it on camera. I was just kept thinking, this is exactly what this car is for. It is. Push it past that, it fall, falls down. Yeah. But right at that sweet spot where you are, Joshua. I like that. That's good. I'm finding a bunch of them for just under 50 grand. I think that's your car. If you've got a debate like Joshua... Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on our website, everydaydriver.com, and up in the top right corner, there's a contact button under the About tab. They syndicate to the same place. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for writing. And what I love the most lately is people have been dropping us little news items. You know, hey, I just came across this, and we voraciously consume all the car uh-huh. news just like everybody yeah. else, but, uh, but we appreciate like, it. We like being your car buddies, and so that's really cool when they show up. Cars are made to be driven. And we can't imagine a future without driving the cars we love. The folks at Haggerty feel the same way, and that's why they support our show. One of the many things Haggerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for enthusiast vehicles, including classic cars, trucks and motorcycles, newer collectibles, and boats. They also protect race cars when they're not on track, and they can protect your car when it is on track with HPDE insurance. In fact, we actually use Haggerty Track Day Insurance every time we drive our own cars, the Cayman and the Elise, on our local track. It's a huge peace of mind. Learn more about Haggerty and quote insurance at haggerty.com slash everydaydriver. Flavio is writing in from Boston, and he wants, well, he wants a midlife crisis car. He wants, he wants a car affair is what he's looking for. That's like something, I can, something I can cheat on as a car that nobody expected. That's what he's looking for. Flavio is from Brazil. He's been a car enthusiast since six years old when he saw his fellow countryman, Nelson Piquet, win his first Formula One world title. Love it. He consumed all sorts of car magazines, episodes of all the British Top Gear and many other shows. He he's just came across our show. Thank you, Flavio. Welcome to, yeah, to welcome. your family as well. Glad to have you. He says he's got a 2016 Audi TTS, which he absolutely adores. Okay. It's got proper power and handling, a wonderful cockpit. He says it's extremely practical. And he got it when he moved to Boston because even though he needed all-wheel drive and his kids were young enough to fit in the back seats, it's not true anymore. He, does, he, he realizes but he still I has don't it. need all-wheel drive mm-hmm. and the kids can't fit, but I do like this car. He's frustrated, though, that he can't properly use his TTS so far. Mm-hmm. He says there's police everywhere, no true back roads around, all very densely populated, urbanized. And to make matters worse, he keeps watching car shows and <laughs> craves driving and having more driving fun. We show empty roads in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, and Flavio goes, dang it. Yeah. But different than a car, he gives us some options that he's thought about to cure his need for driving fun. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. just yeah, trade yeah. in a car, get a different one. He says, what about track days with mm-hmm. a TTS? Yeah. How expensive can it get? He says, nearest motorsport park where he can find that he could go to is Lime Rock, two and a half hours away from him. He also suggests some back roads not more than an hour away where you can have some fun without going to court, he says. <laughs> Pay Love to it. play, man. It happens, unfortunately. <laughs> it does. Trading in the TTS to a car he can have more fun at low speeds, mm-hmm. including the joys of a convertible or a better exhaust note, mm-hmm. like a Miata, like a C7 Corvette. What, what could the car change do? 
or add a pure, just fun third car to the garage. The other car currently is the family XC90. Sure. But something, you know, keep the TTS, add something around ten to $20,000. He also wants to join a meetup. You are absolutely welcome. We yeah. are uh, we're working on the 2021 Utah meetup, so that gonna announcement be really cool, will be coming. Yeah. But then he says, what if I got more extreme? How about a spec racer Ford? <laughs> wow, you could. That is a that is a swing right there. Yeah, for sure. He could become a member of a local motorsports club, Palmer, Thompson, or Lime Rock. Mm-hmm. And he says the most extreme choice here for him is to move to another state with better weather and more and better and less policed back roads when the kids are off to college. Mm. If you move to Scottsdale, Arizona, we have a dentist for you. Yes, we <laughs> Got that lined up already for you. <laughs> Who knew? We're now a dentist finder here at Everyday Driver. It's perfect, yeah. Flavio, Brazil has a soft spot in my heart because my cousin got married. He married a Brazilian girl. They both went to Duke, and uh, their wedding was in Rio. And me and my family, we went to the wedding and just had a wonderful time. And uh, it was just fantastic. I, I just have a, such a soft spot for Rio. and. The entire country. He is a Brazilian national. He's had a chance to live four years in Switzerland, travel quite a bit around Europe, and he says he moved to the Boston area four years ago. And he's had some of the best cars that he's enjoyed in his life chronologically an Opel Corsa GSI, hmm. BMW Z3 2.0, a Subaru Impreza Turbo in Switzerland, a 335 M Sport BMW, and a Mark 7 Golf GTI. But he says the happiest days in his life, apologies to his family. Who's now listening, yeah. Right. Were competition go-kart track days in France and the Porsche experience at Picatel in Atlanta. That's cool. I love it. Okay, good. Wow. He broke some ribs in a kart race with a group of friends in Brazil. <laughs> Still yeah, enjoyed himself. that rib protector, that jacket, that flak jacket. When, when you hit those have seats it. just wrong, it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says he's a thrifty guy, although he's well set financially. What is our advice? And again, it doesn't just mean changing the car. It doesn't, yeah. It could mean changing where he lives. Mm -hmm, Yeah. That's extreme. And and Flavio, I'm going to start right there because I think it's interesting that you're entertaining moving. Now, my question is, is the rest of the family, hi family, who's now listening, (laughs) are any of you entertaining the idea of moving? Are you all glaring at dad slash husband right now and going, what on earth is happening here? And this is the first time they've heard about it. Yes, that may be the case. From us. That may be the case. Uh Flavia, I hope you listen to this podcast before sharing it with the family. But if not, (laughs) hey, surprise. But but let's let's say this honestly. Boston is a terrible place to drive. Mm. I, I, I have never heard otherwise not once have i heard anybody be like boston's great for no drivers come no, here it's it's no. bad so if you're a person who going out and driving and this is for us going out and driving is therapy going out and driving is something that you feel like improves your quality of life and if you are in a place in your life where you could move to somewhere else what's the what's the next chapter of your life location wise I do think that is, I hate to say it this way, that is the simplest, not simplest, that's the most straightforward answer because the Boston metropolitan area is not a good place to drive. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to go other places. That's obviously a more extreme thing, but I kind of wonder here if you're a person, I get the sense where you're already maybe entertaining that. Is our time in Boston coming to an end? Where would we go next? I kind of sense that from your email. And so that's mm-hmm. why I start there. It is the most extreme thing. Just the fact that it's on here as a choice. Yes, sort of agreed. Like, wow. But it is a way. You come out to the, to the west half of the U.S., you can find all kinds of roads. But there's lots of other places in the world, too. So I think that's it. True. Which he's experienced. Totally. I mean, he's already a world totally. traveler and lived all over. I found Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park within about an hour of you. Mm. So you can look that up. 
Mm. It's an old track, but it still does stuff. So you could go out there. You could find, here's the simplest solve, local autocross events. They have to have them in Boston. Oh, yeah. They're doing autocross in some big parking lot somewhere. Have you done that yet? Go start autocrossing right now in your TTS, which I think is the wrong car for actually doing a lot of track (laughs) days and stuff with. I think you you will shudder at your consumables. And I think because you're a guy with track karting background, I think you will not like your TT enough once you get it at the extreme edges. I don't think you'll enjoy that car enough. So I actually do wonder about you maybe getting something cheap and your karting background suggests to me maybe something like a Miata or an S2000 or some cheap convertible. We bought very cheap convertibles that you could just enjoy and it has nothing precious about it. It's just the car you go beat on Mm -hmm. for fun. I think you would thoroughly enjoy that. But with your TTS right this minute, find some autocross this summer. Go autocrossing. I like that. that. Also, plan some real road trips. Okay, yeah. Just where's somewhere cool you could drive. Pick a destination on the map. Pick all fun roads between here and there. And I think you would enjoy that as well. Just take your current TTS. Go to autocross. Do some big road trips. See how much that feeds or possibly increases your need for this. Mm, This is good. I've been thinking a lot about this, Flavio. And you'll notice that all of our TV seasons include... Hopefully, at least one adventure. Mm -hmm. And Todd and I have had many conversations at whatever that adventure during filming, Mm -hmm. thinking, man, I'm glad I got to experience this. I'm glad we did this for us and for the show and to gain life experience and driving experience. And it's almost as if we want to do more varied experiences than just do one full season of Spec Miata. Even though there are people that love Spec Miata racing and that is their thing, Mm -hmm. that is their jam. Mm -hmm. You, I, I use that as an example. Totally. And it's a great example because there's there's not a single thing wrong with going and racing Spec Miata. You would have a blast. Not a thing wrong. And I you become a great totally driver. Imagine that. Absolutely. But here we are from the standpoint of the show and doing a variety of things and bringing to all of you all of these suggestions. And, hey, did you know you can go do this? Mm-hmm. Because when you see us on camera doing that, you can come do that very thing. We don't want it to be, we drove a 1962 Ferrari GTO and we flew on a Gulfstream, blah, blah, blah. And you and, never will. You know, all that kind of stuff. That's Thank you for us. watching. <laughs> it's you watching. You can call the people right now, come to us and say, hey, Paul and Todd just did this. Mm-hmm. I want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hook me up. The companies and the people that run the race schools and whatever would love nothing more than if you yes. did that. But yes. also, please let them know we sent you. Exactly. Please do. But it would give you that same experience mm-hmm. at hopefully a budget that you can afford. Mm. And you've already budgeted ten or $20,000 above your beloved TTS. Yes. I say don't buy another car. Step one, okay. right. start to get familiar and comfortable with the reality that the TTS is going to exit your life. I think, I think in the short term, that is a good plan. I do. Keep it for now. I do, yeah. As Todd said, go do some autocross, go do some things, go find that hour drive away, go mm-hmm. pick a spot, find the spaghetti on the map, and go do that thing. Spend a Saturday. Pick a place that's going to take you half the day to get there. Pick a restaurant, mm-hmm. go there, eat, come back. Yes, <laughs> Exactly. Pilots call this the $100 hamburger. Yes, but... They have to get the plane out, exercise the airplane. They get hours in the air. They get practice, take off some landings. Totally. They pick the next town over. They eat the terrible hamburger at the FBO, (laughs) and they go home. Well, but think about it this way. Nate Kuhn, who, again, we've already mentioned him, he does our cycle report. He did a great video for the Test Drive channel called Touring 101 that Mm -hmm. he did last summer. That was just his first explanation. Of course, it's talking about a motorcycle, but just he does this. When he doesn't have... Because he's a guy that'll take like a 10-day, two-week motorcycle trip, yeah, right, okay, right. which blessings on you, man, because wow. But 
he will also just, when he doesn't have that kind of time and he's got just a Saturday and his wife's like, yeah, you need it. So he'll just go, he'll just pick a restaurant <laughs> right. and go out and come back. And he talks about all that, obviously, specifically for motorcycles. But in general, he talks about it. This is what I mean. You're in this quest already by having written to us, Flavio. Mm-hmm. Completely. That ten to $20,000 budget is now not the budget for a third car. It is the budget for experiences with cars. Oh, I see where you went. Use that money that you've budgeted. I'm calling it 20. I might push it to 25. <laughs> be careful. Turn off the podcast now or it's going to be 40 before you blink. <laughs> this includes flights, hotels, mm-hmm. the driving school, whatever that is. And you're going to start to build up your own personal experiences. Because yeah, what if I yeah, told yeah. you, buy a stripped out Miata with a cage and you'll be fixed. You might hate it. True. You might rather fair, have... fair. My brother-in-law, Daniel, found Saab love, and he's into cars again. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that's what it would have taken, <laughs> but he's into cars, and I'm thrilled. Yeah. And so you're now using those dollars to go on your own quest, and you can use what we've done as a loose guide. Sure, sure. But it's more about the headlines, about the kinds of experiences, not that particular school or that mm-hmm. particular thing. It's, I've decided to sign up for that, the one- or two-day race program. Mm-hmm. I went and did that. I did yeah, that experience. Yeah, yeah. We just shot at Rally Ready in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas as an experience. They couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have been more accommodating. We created new neural pathways to unlearn everything we've ever known about driving. <laughs> Dirt is just throw it all out and start again. Relearned it. Don't you want that too? Well, and, and that was the crazy thing about Rally Ready, and it's coming up in season nine. I'm very excited about it. It's a very cool piece. But I, look, I will admit candidly right now that it was a two-day school, and at the end of day one, I said to Paul, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, right. I really was like, I, I don't know that I get this. Yes. End of day two, I was loving it, by the way. I think we both struggle in different but, places. I haven't seen all yeah. the footage, but I think you know one of us would do that really well, and then mm-hmm. you know the other would be like, I, I, I'm not getting it. My brain's just yeah. not grasping what I'm trying to do here. It was funny because I I was really having a struggle and I don't think I've ever had this in one of our kind of instructional things before where I was like, I understand what I'm supposed to do and I'm kind of getting that, but I don't know that this is for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know that this is something that I'm connecting with. But by the second day, I was like, this I want to do a lot. It was very funny how that switched. Because then you start using all those new skills and then they say, now go start making music. Yeah, and then you. Well, I know how to do this corner because we practiced fifty of them just the day before. Yeah, we did. I know what I'm doing. Yep, fantastic. And then you connect it all. So that's my recommendation for you: is to take those budget dollars. Don't buy another car because Mm. you'll have the same problem. You'll be at home in Boston. Yeah, and you'll still be an hour from tracks. You'll Mm -hmm. still be two and a half hours from tracks and an hour from driving roads, and you'll just have another car that didn't solve the problem. Excellent point. Didn't solve the driving get better driver upgrade. It didn't solve the new experience thing. You'd love to Mm. go karting with a group of friends Mm. in Brazil. Go make those new friends. Go find the new schools, whatever they are, the new experience. And get better as a driver. Go do things that you never would have otherwise considered. Rally driving. We, we thought, I got this. We didn't have it. <laughs> we did it's not It's the opposite have it. of everything you think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just paint the picture. You, you steer with the brake. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. you steer with the brake. That's I'll, the big I'll thing. I'll leave yes. it there. Mm-hmm. You'll have to watch the episode. But get out there and go find those cool experiences. Come with us on the pilgrimage trip. We'll put you in a car with an instructor on the Nürburgring and spa. Yeah. We'll get you this different experience and you'll come away thinking, I loved that or I hated it, but Mm -hmm. now I know. Yes. And now that I've done that, then sell the TTS and use that money to go buy the, the car that supports the thing you've now discovered. That's good. I like that a lot. Well done. 
As always, you guys are amazing with questions. There's lots of really good ones here, as, as you guys have done yet again. And, and thanks for engaging on that. That's really, really awesome. Yeah, We've yeah. got lots more coming across the board. I'm going to say this real quick. We already mentioned it. Felipe Rodriguez asked about the sports car challenge. Is it available on YouTube? It was done for YouTube, and we're continuing to do it. So that is happening. But this question caught me off guard. Austin Love on Facebook said, would we ever recommend a Morgan <laughs> to someone? We never talk about Morgan. We never talk about Morgan. Morgan is, how do I put this? Morgan is more niche than Lotus. And as, much as, I, as much as I love my Lotus, there are people I would never recommend get a Lotus. And, and while I bring it up and I talk about how much I love it, you notice I don't recommend them all the time. They're not appropriate you for all think, situations. Yeah. As much as I love it, it would be like the 86. I would just not, never stop talking about it. You must have one. Sure. The 86 is so broad by comparison. The Lotus is quite niche. And for many people, it's the wrong car. <laughs> if somebody came to us and said they were looking for a classic Roadster experience mm-hmm. and the best possible tracking experience or the best possible back road experience was not the point. It was top-down, classic Roadster, give me a time machine. Morgan's on that list. But we don't really get that email. Hmm. So that would be the person. I was going to suggest, Austin, either pest control employees. <laughs> See, now you're just taking shots. <laughs> or anybody oh, that owns the textile called Tweed. Any of those two categories, Morgans are for you. I kid. We haven't driven a Morgan. It's actually intriguing yeah. because of their ash frames, ash wood frames. And I mm-hmm. make the joke, but... The Morgans, they're just not in the U.S. We need to go elsewhere to go drive a Morgan. And I'm actually intrigued, but it's more of the cruise, enjoy the scenery, part Mm -hmm. of the countryside, part of the lifestyle, part of the destination kind of thing. Yeah, and I also think... hardcore driving. Totally. And I also think the problem with Morgans, and you can tell us anybody that's reviewed them ever, I don't think you cross shop a Morgan with anything. You want a Morgan. You want a Morgan? You pretty much want a Morgan. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just that that is a niche buyer. I'm wondering about future electric Morgans because wood is non-conductive. <laughs> so that's good for safety. Yes. Uh, we could pontificate for hours. Could, it could be scary, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of electric, Charles Kim says Mazda announced the next Miata will be electric in some form. What are our thoughts? Well, it's going to be heavier automatically. Just mm. going to suddenly be heavier. struggle, yeah. And lose the goodness that it has. Well, and the... And the my, to clarify, Mazda has said this is in the 2030s, and they've said electric in some form, which means it will probably be a hybrid. Uh, absolutely. It's not going to yes. be this minute. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Mazda generation between here and there, and my suspicion is it will be a hybrid drivetrain. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're seeing that more and more, especially Ferrari with their mm-hmm. new car. It's a hybrid tow in the pool before they just go full electric because I think all the benefits that Mazda does mm-hmm. and has obtained through their entire product lineup mm-hmm. will be have to re-dealt with so dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't just switch because it's an entirely different thing to to retain that Mazda goodness. Everything we love about driving Mazdas mm-hmm. Oh, suddenly the platform's entirely different, the architecture, everything. Yeah. Well, this doesn't feel like a Mazda. This isn't the good Interesting of thing a Mazda. to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. Do we, so they've got to take it slowly. So I, I agree. I believe it As we joke about with Dodge, where they wind up with, uh, how do you go out, uh, how do you leave the Hellcat? I've already heard hybrid rumblings from them. That's going to be hybrid and then it's going to be all electric because 2,000 horsepower, electric, whatever. T. Noe on Instagram says, Would we be more excited about Mazda making a new RX7 or Honda making a new S2000? 
Mm. Those are both fascinating cars. Mm. Yeah. The last RX-7, we actually have that in a piece for for this season. It's very, very cool. We've driven the S2000 on many occasions. Those are both cars we really like, and they were excellent. I'm still going to say I'd rather see Honda make an S2000. And I say that because the problem with the RX lineup from Mazda is that science project of an engine. What if it were not a rotary? What if we're an RX-7 and just a traditional, their turbo four mm-hmm. that they put in everything? If it was that, I would probably rather the Mazda because I love what Mazda is doing with their with their dynamics. Yeah. And the way their yeah. cars drive is excellent. We've just had a Mazda CX-9, their big seven-seater. And you drive that and you just go, how do they do this? How do they make everything they make is one of the best to drive in the category? Now, in the case of the CX-9, it's also pretty small for a seven-seater. It is. But it drives really well right but it's still a big car as yes. cars go yes, yes. SUVs. so big. because mazda has just dialed in those dynamics so well if it was an rx7 if you will a, a, a carry on of the rx7 but not a rotary i would rather that but assuming that that's always going to be their rotary science project i would say honda where's the new s2000 no doubt gosh dan it says do we think there should be an order a hierarchical order in which you have hmm. different drive wheel and engine engine placement experiences People talk about mid-engine rear-wheel drive like it's the ultimate driving experience because it is. But should you wait until you get... (laughs) Side note. (laughs) I kid. Not really. Should you wait until you get one until you've had the front-wheel drive and front-engine rear-wheel drive experience? Dan, I really don't. I -hmm. think it doesn't matter the order. I just think your headspace is the most important thing about that order. And, of course, driving the proper car, because mm-hmm. you could drive a front-wheel drive something and be like, I am never, why on earth? Yeah, yeah. This is horrible until you get in a Civic Type R and a Fiesta ST and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a GTI yeah. and all those great cars, Veloster N, mm-hmm. you know, and then you think, what sort of sorcery is this? <laughs> You're right. How man. did they do that? Totally. But if you come in with the open mind, because you might not like mid-engine rear-wheel drive feel. You might not like it. Yeah, just yeah. as a person, as a human, you just... Might not feel right to you. That's totally okay. It, you don't have to agree with what every journalist says and okay. True, true, true. What we ultimately want is here's our opinions. Hopefully you get out there and drive for yourself and go make your own opinion mm. and tell us you monkeys are wrong. You don't know a thing. <laughs> Love it. But we at least got you engaged and got you to forming your own opinion. Yeah, that's good. So as if you come in with the right open-minded headspace, all right, you know, I've heard good and bad about front wheel drive. Let's go drive a good one and, you might just love it. There's so many good front-wheel drive cars out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd own a Veloster N. They're that good. They're, They're so They're really, much really fun. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And then, you know, drive the other. So I really don't think it's an order. I just think it's driving the right car for each of those categories. Very good. Building right off of that is Dayum, which is one of my all-time favorite uh, <laughs> names. But anyway, why do cars like the S2000, the Lotus Elise, the Toyota MR2 like to snap oversteer? Mm. Now, the S2000 is the oddball in your list because it is not technically a mid-engine mid-engine car in the traditional sense. It's a front mid-engine, meaning the engine is behind the front axle, but it's not the mid-engine with the engine behind the driver. That car, the S2000, was set up originally by somebody that liked to race, and they made it what I would describe as very neutral. Mm -hmm. Most cars are not neutral. Most cars are naturally set up to have a little bit of understeer because that is safer. Going into the tree looking at it is safer than going into the tree with the back bumper. Okay? (laughs) 
That, but it was set up very neutral. Another car set up very neutral was the first year of the FRS. We drove the Mm -hmm. first year FRS next to the first year BRZ. And the number one thing we noticed is that the FRS was just neutral, which meant the back could come out or the front could slide or it could do any of the above. Neutral. Whereas the BRZ was like, I came from Subaru and I understeer. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, the, underneath it was pretty much the same car. So yeah. it has to do with setup in the case of the S2000. But in things like the Elise and the MR2, you're also talking about that lump that likes to pendulum is now behind you. Mm-hmm. Which if yeah. you've only ever driven front engine rear drive cars, it is different. We know journalists that have struggled with this where their background, maybe even as racers, they are front engine rear drive folks. Yes. And they get yes. in a mid-engine car with the engine behind them. And they struggle with the two things. By the way, both are, are likely in a mid-engine car. My Elise will understeer terribly. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. when it all goes wrong and you don't do the weight shift correctly, the back will come around and see why you're a bonehead. It'll just be like, here I come. Excuse me. What's up here? What, what are you doing hey up guys? here? guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the reality is it has to do with weight shift and it has to do with how they're set up. In the case of the Elise, the S2000, and the MR2, all of those were set up pretty neutral with less tendency to understeer, in the case of the Elise and the MR2 and mid-engine platforms in general, they will understeer until they don't. And then that, that pendulum lump is behind you. They, they are a Miata. is 50-50 weight distribution. That's one of the things they brag. An Elise is not. An Elise is like 37% up front, and the rest is behind you. Think about what happens if you don't brake with that correctly. These are some of the reasons. Just been naming some of the cars that answered a question from Rav Rails. He says, two of the key things we talk about when recommending cars are the level of communication the steering provides Mm -hmm. and the mechanical or engaging feeling that that car can provide. As more and more cars go to drive by wire, what are a handful of cars from the last five years we think maintain this level of information? This is good. I have a list too. It's great. I mean, the cars you were just talking about are a little bit older than just five years, Mm -hmm. but you get the idea, Rav Rails, that these are the cars just by virtue of here's how we build the car. This is the technology available to us at Mm -hmm. that moment. But I also want to touch on your comment, drive-by-wire. That's an all-encompassing comment, and I understand what you mean, Mm -hmm. but there's just pieces of cars right now that are drive by wire or shift by wire. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those kinds of things, fine. An automatic transmission. That's just a unit telling the transmission what to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fine with Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Yeah. But when it starts to take the feel out and when a car manufacturer starts to chase a mechanical kind of feeling with technology, now, you know, we're onto something Mm. and it's getting better. It's not to where those mechanical kinds of feelings yeah, are. True, true. But I think it has potential. I'm not saying it will, but I think it has potential to match and maybe go beyond because a friend of mine, when I worked in the tech industry, would always say to any consulting project at any time from any okay. customer, we want this sort of software to do whatever. And he'd just say, yes, mm. it's, it's just ones and zeros. Yes is the answer. Mm. Now, how many bodies can we throw at it? How much time will it take? Sure, What's the sure. cost? What's your timeline? You know, what do you want it to do? Mm-hmm. But yes is the answer. Let's start there. Now let's work backwards. Mm. And I can apply the same kinds of things to what you're asking for, but the 86 is such a good one with mechanical kinds of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miatas, all those kinds of cars. I mean, the, some of the ones we're talking about are a little bit older than five years, but you yeah. get the idea. All those smaller targeted at a particular driving enthusiast audience. And that's why I'm starting to feel a little bit better steering feel in modern BMWs and modern Porsches because they're looking backwards going, we can do that with tech. We can do that thing Hopefully. with ones and zeros. Yeah. I'm saying there's potential for that. Yeah. 
But this is why those cars are rising in value on all the auctions. Electric power steering has come a long way already, and it's only going to get better. But I would say, if I follow along with this, I would say cars that have been sold in the last five years, which, by the way, takes my Lotus out of consideration. So Yours sold in the last five years. 06, Mine's right? in 06, and they stopped selling them in 2011. 15-year-old so car. 15-year-old car. It's amazing. Crazy. But ones that sold in the last five years, I can think of a few right now that, that feel like, if you will, an old-school feel. The Miata's on there. Mm-hmm. The 86 is on there. The Fiesta ST is on there. That is a surprisingly yeah. raw and analog-feeling little hatchback. The Lotus Evora is on there. Yeah. Yep. Also, the Mustang, the Camaro, and the C7 Corvette. Those are great. Where do you think the 4C Alpha stands? I think it's the dynamics are there, but it's mm-hmm. just I could go either way on that car. I think it's borderline yeah. to actually accomplishing this. I mean, it, it has here's here's the craziest thing about the Alpha Four C. Here is a car like the Lotus Elise with no steering assist. Mm-hmm. You would think it would be brilliant, and it's good. That's what I'm, but thinking not too. amazing. Yeah. So I think I think it's the on the recipe list. is there. Yes, the souffle just and, fell in the oven. Somebody out there is listening right now, and you probably know this situation, but I have heard more than once, and I have been sent more than once, the information that suggests there are, you can't see the air quotes, fixes for the 4C. There are people that have figured out literally like putting pieces in your suspension and shifting this and do your camber and tow this way, and you can, quote unquote, fix the feel of the Alpha 4C. Mm -hmm. That may be possible. I have not driven that car. If you have that car, I welcome it. But in in its form, we've always driven it and also tracked it. It's close, but it's not quite there. Yeah. The misanthrope says, chicken versus egg question. Uh-oh. It seems that most all the cars on dealer lots are black, white, silver, or gray. Mm-hmm. If manufacturers and dealers had a higher number of colorful cars on the lot instead of making them for special order, essentially, would there be a higher number of colorful cars on the roads? <laughs> it is chicken versus egg. It is, yeah. You're seeing a response to what customers are buying and choosing. Yeah. And dealers only want to stock what people are buying. They don't want to stock stuff that sits on the lots. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the market is telling them black, white, silver, or gray. And what's funny is there was a there was a actual study done recently and many of you sent it to us and I I read it and laughed and you'll see why in a minute. But there's an impression that the general car buyer has that black, white, silver, or gray, I should get one of those because the car will resell for more. Mm-hmm. Now, first off, yeah. I I really have a, a brain freeze when I ponder buying your current car, the car you're about to buy. You're already thinking about what it'll be worth when you sell it. That's all of Ferrari owners. It, 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 I hate to say it, but... Buy it and drive it. Why? Because it's a car. And by the way, yeah. a car, while expensive, is not your house. It's going to go down in value. Okay? So yeah. buy For the most car. Part, yes. Drive a car. If you find yourself at the end of your ownership, it's worth a lot of money. You know what? Bonus. Good for you. That's one of the life's little just, you know, gave you extra, okay? Don't buy. But anyway, so many people have been buying those monochromatic colors because they think it is for resale. I have actually met people who have told me, well, I got this car color, and it's not really a color I like, but you know what? This is a good resale color. Like, <laughs> you, you spend a lot of money on a color you don't like because mm-hmm. you think someone else will. But what's weird is there was a study done recently that suggested that because everyone has bought those monochromatic colors on the used car market, cars in colors typically sell for more as used cars. Why? Because of supply and demand. There aren't any. Yeah. And one of yeah. the one of the ones this makes me laugh, one of the ones that actually typically sells the best financially 
is yellow. Why? Because nobody makes yellow cars. And it doesn't look good on all cars. It doesn't look good on all cars. So that is the weird flip side that happened. There's so few colors now that you can actually get more for color. I'm actually just giving people reasons to please buy some sort of color, please. (laughs) You're not wrong. Brandon Murphy says he realizes it's not a sports car, but what are our opinions on the design of the new Civic sedan and hatchback? Oh, yeah. I want to hear from you on this for sure. Well, I guess, Brendan, I'd start with the design team. What if you were the designer on the team tasked with making the next-gen Civic sedan and hatchback Mm. past this crazy one that we've got right now that is very polarizing, but yet people have an automatic opinion of it? Yeah. The problem is, the next one is, people don't have an opinion. It's now back to, uh, okay. Mm. Is that what it looks like? It's a car. It could have looked like that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It could look like that 10 years from now. That particular market, which I think, I don't have any insight into this, but I think that's what Honda is responding to, Mm -hmm. that they don't want that polarizing thing because this has got to be the bread and butter. This is the jam and jelly. This is the sell cars. Mm -hmm. And what people are looking for, style might be eighth it might be 15th on the list well and it's about not offending the largest group of people and when you don't offend the largest group of people things look fine because what what have we seen for all the performance car versions of performance sedans and coupes you can change them by putting big fender flares and arrow kit and wing and carbon fiber that and all this stuff to make it suddenly aggressive and oh that looks good the base one is horrible. The Mitsubishi Lancer is like a stick in the eye. But that Evo, oh my gosh, well, that Evo is hotness. Yes, but the the Lancer, that last-gen Lancer, actually looked far more aggressive than any of the Lancers prior. If you see an uh, Evo 9, <laughs> true, true. Evo 9 true. the Evo 9 base Lancer, was uh, literally, it'll go by, you won't even notice that a car drove by. It is the most benign <laughs> yes. design in history. Yes. And then they made it crazy with the 9. At least with the 10, it was like, oh, you tried to do a little something there. And then you're right, they made it nuts with the actual Evo. So I will say, Brendan, it's not a looker. It's not boring. I mean, it is boring. It's not going to just light our fire as car yeah. enthusiasts. But the hot versions of that, because of all the stuff you can do to it, mm-hmm. might. Whereas I think Honda, with the current generation Civic, started wild, aggressive, and then they added a wing, and oh my yeah. gosh. yeah. And everybody's sort of like, really? That's what the base Civic looks like? That's a lot. F9 just came out. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny. Were you guys watching all of them in a row or what happened in the design studio? <laughs> but now imagine being on the design team and thinking, all right, we got to sell cars here. We got to make them yeah. Yeah. as we always have. Mm-hmm. What features, what price, what price point? That's a critical price point. Mm. And then make it a good surface and make it so we can make it inexpensively and sure. make money off the sure. thing and we'll get to the hot versions. It'll be interesting to see where they go on that. I've got another question here from uh, Alex HC 9 says as the first gen NSX, which we really like inches closer to unobtainium in price, because uh, that's what's happening to all these cars now, right? What vehicle takes its place as the affordable mid engine supercar or sports car. Ooh. Honestly, affordable mid engine sports car is Cayman. I agree. I also think, depending upon what you count as affordable, the 4C is dropping down. We talked about the 4C like crazy in this podcast. I don't know why. But the 4C, as we've already talked about, is under fifty grand now. That's down there. And also, the Lotus Elise 
it's actually with everything going up in price, the Elise has gone up in price, but you can get an Elise for almost half of what you can get an NSX for. So there's yeah. three. Yeah, that's excellent. That ferret says if CVTs can be programmed for fuel economy, why doesn't somebody tune it to always stay in the torque band for performance? Mm. The band stays in the band because they're noisy and thrashy. And we have them for gas mileage in the first place. And that's why they were invented for gas mileage. They were not invented for power. Because if you're going to say, let's keep it in the torque band, are you introducing wear that the manufacturer wasn't counting on? Maybe. Oh, interesting. Okay. But they weren't invented for power. They weren't invented for driving mm-hmm. performance. And so, therefore, it's hard to suddenly ask it to do that. You, you'd have to rethink the entire design or re-engineer it. But then at that point... Why are you sinking money into a super high-performed CVT and you can get a regular automatic transmission over here that can be programmed almost mm. like a dual clutch and they perform brilliantly. BMW is proving this. And why wouldn't you do that instead of doing the CVT? I see what you mean, but CVTs are really just put in lower power kinds of cars for fuel economy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but that absolutely is the reason. Mark D has a car question. He heard us recommend the CL63 AMG in a recent podcast. He's intrigued. If you wanted to go Luxo Sport Cruiser, how does it compare to an M4 or a CTS-V? He's mm. not even sure the used prices are in the same ballpark. They M4 might be a bit more, but the CTS-V is a bargain. The problem is yeah. you get the Q system. Mm-hmm. Here you go. What a brilliant car. And it's this, you know, cement shoes that it's dragging behind it. And you just, you'll have to live with it. They're brilliant to drive. You just got to ignore that. So really it does come down to... What do you like to drive the most? We have not compared all of those cars, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of fun to think. It's more along the lines of, wow, that was $100,000 new, and here it is with you know 40,000 miles for twenty eight grand. That's the feeling. It's not, I got this really great driver's car for cheap that nobody knows about. It's mm. more like I got that then, that kind of feeling I got for so much cheaper. If it handles well, if it's got power, bonus. For sure. Tim Norman says on Facebook, can too sticky a tire overstress suspension components, assume, assuming you're a spirited driver or you're doing track days? And he's saying this is, he's somebody coming from a car that came with very tame middle of the road all seasons. Mm, and yeah. he wants to put a performance tire on it. Tim, how, how much of a performance tire are we talking about? If you're going to a Michelin PS4, you're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to a track slick you might break something, okay? Because you're probably putting, at this point, and I don't think you should, a track slick on a car that was not designed to be tracked at all. Right. Okay? So what that is going to reveal is that's going to reveal components that just aren't up to tracking, period. Forget the tires. Okay? That's what we're talking about. The brakes will overheat. I mean, you'll have lots of other things that will happen if you you put a super sticky tire on. But I don't think that that's as far as you're going to go. If you take your typical car, look, I'll, I'll give you a random one, BMW. Mm. Who, who we all think of as a driver's car company, but for the longest time they were putting these run flats on their car, still do. You can just take the run flats right off, put Michelin PS4s on, and the car is probably 30% better, and you haven't done anything else. Totally. You literally drove yeah. it from the place where you bought it to the tire shop to swap the tires, and you drove it home. It's 30% better on that drive. Yeah. You haven't yes. taken it to a back road yet, okay? Yeah. But my point is that car perfectly holds up to that. We have a friend, Greg, who put uh, PS4s on his minivan. And guess what? He's so much happier. It's a minivan. That was not designed for performance tire. He hasn't broken anything on it because he just put good tires on it. So I think pretty much any car would be benefited by better tires into that realm, that PS4 realm, not the full track tire now. I'm talking the level below that, like a performance summer tire will probably benefit anything. 
the further you push it, the more you'll find this car wasn't made for that. Reminder to catch season nine at 7.30 Eastern, starting July 3rd, 2021. It'll go to Amazon after that very shortly and YouTube. We can't wait to share this, mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. with you. It's very diverse. Big time. All kinds of experiences and weather and four different states. It's It was a it's lot nuts. of work, but we're it's very, really very proud of it. Can't wait to share. Keep sending your questions, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>